0: St. Joseph, my father and lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again,
1: the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The word treasure appears quite frequently in scripture.
0: Our Lord seems to want us to have a
1: certain sense of of treasure. We're told in St. Matthew, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Also in St. Matthew, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus said, if you wish to be perfect, go and sell all that you have. Give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. Our Lord seems to be saying to us that he he wants us to have that treasure, to have our eyes on the treasure, to be focused on it. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give give what is good to those who ask him? How much more will your heavenly Father give? Our loving Heavenly Father wants to give us treasures all the time, not just in the next life, but also in this one. And John Paul II, in one of his apostolic exhortations about suffering, Salvifici Dolores, says those who share in the sufferings of Christ preserve in their own sufferings a very special particle of the infinite treasure of the world's redemption and can share this treasure with others. And so the magisterial documents also talk about treasure. And so we're called to be very aware that we possess a treasure, or at least it's there for the taking. God wants us, and it's very healthy to have a a sense of treasure and an awareness that we are spiritual millionaires. And if we make acts of thanksgiving frequently for the good things, that cultivates a certain awareness of the blessings, of the treasures that God has given to us. It helps us to appreciate more and more the treasure of our divine vocation. To be a family person, or the vocation to marriage, or the celibate vocation, or the Christian vocation,
0: or the vocation of our professional work, or all
1: the different aspects of the callings that God has given to us. So that little by little, in the pathway of our Christian vocation, we discover treasures along the way and help everybody around us to discover those treasures also.
0: There's an ancient legend about a jeweler who had a precious jewel that he wanted to sell. In order to place this pearl in the proper
1: setting, he had the idea of building a very special box of the finest woods to contain the pearl. So he sought out those woods, he had them brought to him, and then they were polished to a high brilliance. He then reinforced the corners of this box with elegant brass hinges and added a red velvet interior. As a final step, he scented that red velvet with perfume and then put in that setting the precious pearl. And the pearl was then placed in the store window of the jeweler in this box. And after a certain amount of time, a rich man came by. He was attracted by what he saw. And so he sat down with the jeweler to go negotiate the purchase. But after a while, the jeweler realized that the man was negotiating for the box rather than for the pearl. The man was so overcome by the beauty of the exterior that he failed to see the item of greatest value at the center, the pearl. We too can make and do make the same mistake with our faith. The box is the church in all its visible forms. Some people have a love for architectural heritage that they find in the amazing churches and cathedrals the world over. Some have a great love for its music, a Gorian chant or polyphony or the masses of Mozart or other great composers. Some people have a great love for Christian art that they find in our churches. For some people, for the philosophy of life that our faith gives us, a good ethic by which to live, clear guidelines for right or wrong.
0: For other people, it's the Mass
1: in English or the vernacular of whatever country they come in, or the Mass in Latin. The Vatican true Mass said in Latin can be
0: said in any language. We all have our preferences,
1: and that's okay as far as it goes. But all these things are only the box. It's what is in the box that is most important. Concentrating on the box, the language, the music, the architecture, well, we could commit the sin of idolatry.
0: We have to look and see what is at its center.
1: And that pearl of great value is Christ. Too many Catholics have never really moved beyond the box.
0: Hence the importance of formation. So the precious jewel may be forgotten, hidden in the sacraments. The precious jewel for
1: which the church exists. And if you don't possess that jewel well the rest is just chaff, hot air
0: maybe useless for our salvation
1: and so the mass said with dignity and prayerfulness whether in a great basilica or under a tree in a dried out riverbed in rural Kenya that links us to the greatest treasure of all our Lord Jesus Christ, that's what it's all about
0: And so the jewel contained there inside, it is Christ, and it's him that we seek. And he invites us to find him today through worship, through the liturgy. I am the bread of life, he tells us. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never thirst. And so we need to focus on him, on his message of love. We need to take him into our heart, especially at the solemn moment of the consecration at Mass
1: when the bread and wine are held up. Try and look at those realities and say something from your heart like, my Lord and my God, or simply, Jesus, I love you, or increase my faith my hope and my charity. That when you enter the church will genuflect mindfully to him who is in the tabernacle as a real act of adoration and of worship. It's for him that we come to Mass
0: in whatever language it is in or in whatever hymns that may be sung. No
1: matter how The singing may strike us. There was an article in the, I think it was the London Times uh, 20 years ago, welcoming some very prominent member of English society, could have been a member of the royal family to the Catholic Church. And the author was not a great fan of the sort of music that was being sung in church those days. And so they had a beautiful article welcoming this person to the church, to its riches. But the final line said, come on in, it's awful. (laughs) Well, there was a bit of humor there in that. But it doesn't matter about these accidental things that are part of the mass, part of our church, part of the box. As long as we focus
0: on the treasure, he is the pearl of great price. And so we have a treasure
1: of the Holy Spirit Present in our hearts and souls in grace. Nothing quite compares to that. We will come and make our abode in
0: here. We have a treasure in the documents of the church.
1: Interestingly, Scott Han, when he converted, remarked that some of the greatest treasures of the Catholic Church are hidden in our documents. And so few Catholics read them.
0: They're unaware of the treasures.
1: And so we're a bit like that person who was walking along a beach one day and their foot tripped on a a little bag or something and they picked up this little pouch that was there and found it was full of stones and they began to fling the stones far out into the sea. And as they flung the stones as far as they could out into the sea, they said, when I get rich, I'm going to buy a big car. And they took another stone and flung it even further and when I get rich, I'm going to buy fine clothes and took another stone and flung it further and said, when I get rich, I'm going to buy a big house. And so on, down to the last stone. But then a ray of sunlight hit the stone and the thing glistened. Person looked again at the stone, it was a diamond. The pouch had been full of diamonds. And this person was carelessly throwing this diamond, these diamonds far out into the sea, throwing away the treasures that he had in his hand. And dreaming about treasures that he might never have. We could ask our Lord to give us that sense of treasure in our faith. To get to know our faith a little more. To cherish the sacraments. Particularly the most perfect of the sacraments. Which St. Thomas Aquinas says is the real presence of our Lord in the Blessed Eucharist. We also have the treasure of our vocation. Our Christian vocation, our marriage, our family vocation, our celibate vocation, our professional vocation, something of immense value and a proof of a special love of, of God by God. With the parable of the, the treasure hidden in the field and the parable of the pearl of great price, well, our Lord is describing the great worth of the kingdom of heaven. And also of how people should pursue it. Seek first the kingdom of God, things that are above, and all these other things will be given you beside, besides. And so the treasure and the pearl are images that have been traditionally used to express the grandeur of our divine calling, the way to follow Christ in this life so as to be with him forever in the next. The means to store up those treasures for ourselves. And so the treasure signifies that abundance of gifts which one receives with the vocation. The grace to overcome all obstacles. My grace is sufficient for you. Grace to grow in fidelity day by day. Grace to do apostolate. To lift up the spiritual temperature of our environment, wherever we may be. And the pearl represents the beauty and the splendour of the call. So every day, after receiving our Lord in Holy Communion in your thanksgiving, well, thank God for the vocations that he's given to you. Not only is that vocation something of great worth, but it's also the most perfect ideal that any person can follow. One spiritual writer says there's a key difference between the two parables with respect to the prizes. The discovery of the pearl presupposes a great amount of effort, a search, while the treasure buried in the field seems to have been discovered almost by accident. Well, that's how it is with Christ, and the way he calls people.
0: Many find their vocation
1: almost without looking for it. Other people have a certain restlessness in their hearts until they find the pearl of great value. Sometimes God allows people to labour for years. I met a man once who started reading, he had no religion, and he started reading C.S. Lewis, and then he heard about Chesterton, and then he heard about Um, Fulton Sheen and from there he heard about something called the Summa Theologica by St. Thomas Aquinas he had read one third of the Summa Theologica before he came to talk with me speaking to him was like speaking with the Pope he had such a Catholic mind within 12 months he was baptised
0: maybe we don't have to labour that hard for that calling that God gives us But the important thing is that we find
1: that pearl of great value. And if God permits that restlessness in human hearts and minds whereby they're seeking the truth, well, it's God who sows that restlessness in the soul. Edith Stein says, before I became a Catholic, my only prayer was to seek the truth. As a a Jewess, she became St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, one of the patronesses of Europe. Many have said to our Lord in the intimacy of their souls, like the rich man, young man, all these I have observed from my youth. What do I still lack? And so, whether the search has been a rapid one or a long drawn out one, the prize is of enormous worth. We're told in the forger by St. Rosa Maria it is an immense honor, a motive for a great and holy pride a mark of predilection, a very special affection that God has shown at a particular time, but which has been in his mind from all eternity. I have chosen you out before the foundation of the world. And so once a person has discovered their vocation, they have
0: to make an effort to live up to it. The Lord calls and invites, but he doesn't force our will. After the pearl has been discovered or the treasure found, one more step is required. It's the step of our personal response,
1: which is identical in both parables. The man went and sold all that he had.
0: And bought that field. And so generosity and attachment are indispensable conditions for
1: perseverance in a vocation. We're told also in the Forge you wrote, this passage from the gospel has taken root in my mind. I had read it so many times before without grasping its meaning, its divine flavor. Yes, everything. The prudent man has to sell everything to obtain the treasure, the precious pearl of glory. There is nothing in the whole wide world of such great value. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? And so God weighed the weight of one's soul against the material weight of the whole world. The soul one, the soul was one, soul was of more value, and that's why we have to go after each soul that we meet for Christ. And so, God plays a part in the life of every single person, He beckons to everyone. In the book, Mary of Nazareth, we're told as soon as someone has discovered their divine vocation, the disparate pieces of past life seem to come together. What had previously been a riddle or a mystery is now clearly understood. Why we got to know a certain person, the special helps we experienced at different moments. The vocation also casts this light upon our future life, which we now see to be full of meaning. Christ gives great meaning to our life our divine calls in different places give great meaning and purpose we know where we're going we know what our life is all about we know how to get there and none of the protagonists of the parables showed any hesitation or regret at the selling at the thought of selling all that they possessed
0: because they saw how great the treasure was Of how much more value were the spiritual realities. And so their new wealth was so
1: tremendous that nothing could put it in the shade. Well, the same reaction holds true for all those who give their love to Christ. They give all and they get all. So the Lord makes a point in order to emphasise the joy that accompanies the sale of the goods. We might wonder, well, what were these people selling? A house? A furniture? Ornaments? Things that represent years of work? But they sold everything without haggling,
0: without a lot of humming and hawing, with joy.
1: They sold everything because they knew very well the worth of the treasure that they would be getting in exchange. And so it's interesting how our Lord speaks so frequently in scripture about the treasure, and how he wants us to have that sense of treasure. So we recognize the treasure when it comes. We yearn to acquire it, we treasure it when we have it. We see that nothing on the planet is of any value besides this, beside this pleasure. This treasure. So beside this wealth, all things pale in importance.
0: They left all things and followed him.
1: And so God plays a part in the life of each person. And he does so in a concrete way at a certain age, in a special situation. He challenges us according to the nature of these circumstances which have been foreseen by him for all eternity. Jesus passes by and he beckons, come, follow me. To some he calls at the first hour when they're young. He asks for their ambitions, their
0: hopes and dreams,
1: all of which may seem so full of promise. Others are called when they reach the age of maturity till others may be called in their final years. And the Lord finds the majority of these men and women immersed in the middle of the world. Matthew was sitting at the tax collector's place. Peter and Andrew and John were mending their nets for they were fishermen. And our Lord prefers all these people to remain in the world That they may sanctify the world through the exercise of their professional work so that they may be witnesses, lighted lamps.
0: Our Lord finds others who are married.
1: He asks them to sanctify the family with all its joys and sorrows, possibly with its heartbreaks, its losses, its contradictions, its mysteries. Regardless of what our age may be, when we receive our vocation, that call, we find that our Lord will give it to us along with a a wonderful interior youthfulness. The Old Testament says, I will go unto the God of my youth, to the altar of my youth. Our Lord says in the book of Revelations, I can renew all things. I can teach you to throw off routine in your life, to raise your vision to a higher plane. And so what then is the best age at which to give oneself to our Lord? Well, at the age when he calls. The most important thing is to be generous with him. Without questioning God's timetable. It's never too late to follow him. And it's never too soon. St. Gregory, the great comments, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. He writes that nothing has the slightest value compared to that one pearl. The soul gives up everything for the sake of that treasure. Forsaking all that it had found beautiful in the world. The splendor of that finest of pearls has captured the soul's complete attention. And so whoever is called, no matter what his or her personal circumstances, ought to give the, our Lord everything that he asks for. Such circumstances can vary. Giving everything often doesn't mean that everybody gives in the same way. A married person can't abandon what belongs to their family, the love for their spouse, their dedication, to the welfare and education of their children. On the contrary, giving everything for this person very often entails living the same life in an entirely new manner, which means doing a better job of fulfilling one's ordinary duties one spiritual writer says, in the real world of the husband and wife, who belatedly discover the vocational meaning of matrimony, this discovery always appears as part of their Christian vocation. Their response is an important aspect of their total obedience in faith.
0: And so to follow our Lord more closely,
1: I can't be content with remaining in our own little world. There should be no doubt in our minds that clarity has to be brought to souls. It's necessary that we enter into our environment to transform it from within. We should increase the number of our friendships, giving light to many souls. This is one of the ways that we show our Lord that we really, really appreciate the treasure, that we value it. The greatest event of our life is our receiving the calling from our Lord, just as it was for those he called on the shores of the lake. And yet, to follow Christ wholeheartedly is never easy. A person who enjoys a more or less steady job, who may think that the pattern of their life is set, should recognize the danger lurking in this false tranquility, which may be even considered one's rightful jewel. Christ asks us to break with routine, to cast aside the mediocre, To go beyond a life of compromise. With the divine vocation, Christ challenges us to undergo a profound change in our daily conduct. God asks for everything, including what we may have been reserving for ourselves, all our nice little plans. He gives us light to see our failings
0: which you may have up to now been
1: looked upon as beyond reforming, but which perhaps turn out to be the price for securing the pearl of great value. It's Christ himself who seeks us out. You did not choose, choose me, but I chose you. And when he calls, he gives us, at the same time, the graces we need to follow him. From the beginning of the way. And also throughout the whole of our life. Saint Joseph who is our father and Lord. Found the treasure of his life and the pearl of great value. In his mission of watching over Jesus as Mary here on earth. And so we can ask our Lord to help us to live up to whatever he asks of us, like St. Joseph did, and that we might do so with generosity and with joy. We rest in the knowledge that nothing is so worthwhile as to fulfill one's proper vocation. And if we look at Our Lady's response when the angel announced to her, we see how she responded to the treasure. She appreciated the pearl. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me. The sky's the limit. Ask whatever you want. <clears throat> and shortly afterwards, Mary went with haste into the hill country. She showed with her deeds that she really appreciated the treasure and the pearl. And so, Mary, may you enlighten my mind, my pathway, my vision so that I too may follow you along that pathway of savoring the treasure and the pearl that God has placed in my life. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice.
0: My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord,